0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Jay-Z and the Amazing Technicolor Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Zerby, and this is episode 16. This is it. This is the episode I've been pushing back and pushing back for the past two months. But before we get into it, I have a couple of the usual things to get out of the way. Most importantly, I want to say thank you to everyone who has shown their support whether that be through buying a few coffees or spreading the word, without you all, none of this would have been possible. Secondly, I've got some pretty big news. I'm in the process of putting together a Patreon for the show, so if you want a way to support me more consistently and in a way that can really promote growth, this will be the best way. Buy Me A Coffee is still going to exist, primarily for one-time donations and goal-specific fundraising drives, but if you want to be a regular supporter, become a patron, That's going to be the way to go. More on that as soon as it goes live. And now, on with the show. I have been pushing this episode back for over a month. This is a touchy subject, and a tough subject for some people to talk about, or even hear someone else speak about. And I've wanted to make sure that I get it right. Or, at the very least, do the subject justice. The subject is God. Specifically, our need to rethink God. To change our thoughts and words about deity. There are a number of reasons I've been pushing this back or avoiding having this discussion. On the one hand, I know what kind of emotions are elicited by the suggestion that people need to rethink God. I understand the kinds of assumptions one has when someone makes this kind of assertion. But I stand by it nonetheless. We need to rethink God. On the other hand... I have not been inclined to dive in because there just hasn't been anything big happening that would make the idea of rethinking God seem urgent and not just as if I'm dragging all of you along into one of my pet projects. Because I know that some of you are not going to be interested in what I have to say today. Plenty of listeners are going to turn this episode off or skip it in the first place just because of the title. This week, something happened, though. Actually, it's been going on for about two weeks now, but the news broke nationally more recently. A revival has broken out at Asbury University, a small Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky. It started as a prayer gathering in the chapel, and it just didn't stop. Instead, it has grown in size and intensity. It has been going on day and night. It's grown so large, people from across the country have flown to the campus to take part. It's gotten to the point where it has raised concerns about public safety. And so the school has scheduled an end to the revival. Apparently, it's possible to schedule when the Holy Spirit is supposed to stop moving. This event at Asbury has what made clear to me that it is time to talk about God. At this point, I think it is important that we take a step back, though, and, for lack of a better word, define God. What do we mean when we say God? For starters, we need context. God means different things in different contexts. Muslims think of something different from Christians who think of something different from an agnostic or just someone who's just generally spiritual. Context is extremely important when talking about spiritual things. Here in the United States, I think it is safe to say that the majority of people, when they hear the word God, think of the Christian God. So for our discussion today, that is what we are talking about and largely who is being spoken to. This is the God we need to rethink. The history of God spelled out in in the Bible, the, the sacred book that Christians refer to, even allows for a reimagining of God from time to time. This is despite the fact that the Bible states that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. What is not said in either the Old or New Testaments, though, is that how we talk about God stays the same, only that God stays the same. Even a cursory skimming of the Bible proves this point. At various times and places, God is described as a king, a man, a mother, a person, and a spirit. God's dominant characteristics even vary depending on the specific time and event. Interestingly enough, here in America, we haven't really changed how we talk about God in a really long time. Our language about God has been the same since the 1950s. In in fact, as culture has changed and moved past some of those norms, there has arisen a movement to get back to that. We don't want to think about God differently. In the Bible, the timeline seems to show that there is a change in how God chooses to be revealed. Throughout the Old Testament, God speaks or reveals through physical manifestations or alterations of physical reality. Moving the sun, talking animals, voices from a bush burning in the middle of the desert. Then, God manifests as an individual person at the birth of Jesus. And then, after Jesus dies... God is revealed as a spirit moving through groups of people. How God is spoken of changes as well. He is the creator and the only God and the supreme God over all of the other lesser gods. God is a father and a mother and a son and a ghost. Early on, God is a conqueror, and later God seems to simply nudge people towards a change of heart. We have reached one of these times where we need to change how we talk about God. The idea of God carries with it a lot of baggage. Those claiming to represent God have hurt way too many people, and culture has moved to a place where we readily acknowledge this and openly call it out. In itself, this has caused a lot of people to abandon Christianity and belief in God. Because the people claiming to represent God have been the ones acting the most unlike God. They have manipulated language to justify neglecting the very people Jesus would tell the Christian to embrace. Worse, they have allowed the influence of particularly Republican Party politics to soil the name and movement of Christianity they have allowed God to become a political pawn. This takes us to Asbury College. I think a healthy dose of skepticism about this revival is warranted. One of the largest recent services of this sort happened in 2008, known as the Lakeland Revival or Florida Healing Outpouring. It is claimed that over a million people worldwide participated. The leader of the revival, Todd Bentley, claimed numerous miracles, including raising the dead. None of which could be independently verified, and eventually he left the revival under the shadow of controversy. The fallout of his actions shook the faith of many. In fact, these sorts of revivals tend to make reasonable Christians look bad. The changes that take place don't turn out to look like what one would expect from an outpouring of the spirit of a loving God. So the fact that Asbury, rather than find a larger venue to continue the service, or some other means of keeping it going, is opting to just schedule an end. And and this raises questions about the seriousness of what is going on. I have talked about it previously, but further proof that we need to rethink God is the way we have blended one of the largest religions in the country that claim to represent him with partisan politics. That movement started by Jerry Falwell in 1979. The moral majority is the point at which the shift reveals itself most boldly. All of that to say we need to rethink God. We've spent decades maintaining a picture of God that is proving to be less and less relevant and even downright damaging to society at large. It is a God who does the opposite of what Christians claim that God is supposed to do. This God does not draw people to itself, but instead pushes people away. It excludes. This God has no real power And believing in it is no different than believing that there are demons that live in milk that cause it to go bad. So it is no surprise that people hear about this god and mock it. It really is a joke. As history has progressed, we've come to better understand how the human brain functions and how people develop. What we once saw as incurable or as demon possession we now understand as mental illnesses and have developed ways of treating them so people can live healthy lives. We have come to understand that homosexuality is every bit as natural for some as heterosexuality is for others. And we are beginning to come to understand gender as being a social construct separate from biological sex. And there is and has been pushback against all of that part of that is because it has the potential to call into question our ideas about God our ideas about who God is and what God's demands are it calls into question our dogmas for the christian the shifting attitudes and culture toward for example homosexuality are calling to question not only what the bible says about human sexuality but also raising questions about what Christians believe about the Bible at all. I took an online survey a while back, and one of the demographic questions asked what I believed about the Bible. The options were that it is the infallible word of God, that it is a book of fairy tales and outdated beliefs, or that it was the word of God, but that not everything in it was to be taken literally full disclosure, I adhere to the third opinion. I believe the Bible is the word of God, but is not always to be taken literally, that there are things in it that are outdated or culturally irrelevant. This perspective allows for the most freedom. Not the freedom to dispose of what I quote-unquote don't like about it, but rather the freedom to accept new knowledge wherever it is found, just, just like John Calvin said in his, his magnum opus, The Institutes of the Christian Religion, um, he, he said to summarize, all truth belongs to God, no matter where it comes from. If you hold too rigid a perspective about the Bible, you are not leaving room for new truth or new revelation. How we view God should be malleable in this way as well. If you believe what Christianity teaches about God, then you have to acknowledge that God is too big to be held exclusively within the confines of our doctrinal structures. That means we need to be willing to admit that we also might not have a full grasp of what God has to say on a given matter. And since the Bible was written a really long time ago, we need to admit that the perspectives presented there may not be timeless in the way we have been led to believe they are. This doesn't mean that those perspectives are no longer useful. We can still learn from the way people used to do things or the ways people used to think. But it means that those perspectives may no longer apply in a literal sense. And that's okay the same is true for our view of God. We need to be willing to let go of some of our old, often damaging views of the divine if we want to move forward. Given shifts and changes in culture, it can be argued that God is no longer revealing God's self as a big, strong man, or as a conqueror. Maybe, maybe God is revealing, revealing themselves as not a man at all, Maybe it is time for Christians to revisit the doctrine of the Trinity and really dig into the implications of God as as trans being. Because the Trinity asserts that God is non-binary. God is not male or female. Even the descriptions of God in the Bible are nuanced and littered with various gendered identities. God then becomes a welcoming presence for the transgender community. And as a result, God would, be, God, God would be pissed at the way those who claim to be their followers are treating those who have been made in God's image. The Asbury revival is reminiscent of the old ways God showed himself to us. But I think we have seen far too often that those expressions just aren't having the true impact that they once did. It is time that we start looking for God's movements elsewhere, for the new ways God may be revealing and speaking. It is time for us to rethink God.